It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Lake Flakes piling high. Good Friday afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. I wasn't expecting this. This is... This is big. Buffalo getting buried by a blizzard today. An early taste of winter's worst has the Queen City at a standstill. Our own Mark Webster standing by in next door Hamburg. What are you seeing right now? It is relentless. We're seeing white, just white anywhere you turn. It, it's very similar to what we experienced back in uh, what's known as the November storm around here. And this looks just like it. I just measured here, and uh, just this morning we went from uh, 21 inches around sunrise we're now at 36 and wow. still counting if you do the math that's over three feet of snow mark you betcha <laughs> and i'm not very Higher good than at math. Snowblower. <laughs> so uh, um is it coming straight down i mean is it wind whipped are you seeing anything as far as power outages right now uh there are outages in the area thankfully we're not among them at this point uh the wind is starting to pick up a bit the snow is tapered off a little bit for the time being but uh, it comes and goes as the bands meander around and you do have some drifting snow which also just adds to the fun. Yeah, travel ban, we're told, has been amended a little bit. The, the, the south towns and the north towns, it's an advisory, but middle, central Erie County, the ban is still in effect, right? Yeah, it is, and uh, we had somebody on our street who apparently didn't get the word. Uh, we spent, uh, my neighbors and I spent some time this morning uh, helping a woman who was in a car for some reason <laughs> out there, and we had to uh, dig her out just so she could get her car off the street before a plow eventually comes by. Yeah, stay off the roads if you can. Nothing will irritate a snowplow more than if you're stranded and they can't get by you. Absolutely. Um, Stay off the roads. Mark, stay safe. Thank you for the update, sir. Uh, You're welcome, sir. Mark Webster in snow socked Hamburg, New York. There is a state of emergency still in 11 counties across western and central New York. Meteorologist Craig Allen says by the time this storm is good and over with... It is quite likely that there will be anywhere from 2 to 4 and locally up to 5 feet of snow in some locales during the next 70 two hours. 350 snowplow operators working round the clock to try and keep up with the lake effect. Correspondent Madeline Rivera says the wind-whipped snow has reduced visibility to near zero at times. It is so hard to see. It's near whiteout conditions, zero visibility at some points when we really get those strong gusts. As mentioned earlier, a driving ban is in effect for most of Erie County, the North Towns, and the South Towns under a travel advisory. County Executive Mark Polencar's reminding motorists that when a travel ban is in effect, you can be ticketed for violating it. And the NFL has moved Sunday's Bills-Browns game to Detroit because of this multi-day snow event. Other news today, overseas North Korea has test-fired an intercontinental ballistic missile with the potential to deliver a nuclear weapon anywhere in these United States. The ICBM flew 625 miles before for splashing down in Japanese waters. It is the Communist North's second major weapons test already this month. It's the changing of the guard on Capitol Hill. Today, New York Congressman and House Democratic Caucus Chair Hakeem Jeffries is expected to make a formal bid for Democratic leader, according to a person familiar with his plans. It comes one day after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced she will not seek re-election to leadership. Elise Preston reporting from the 
Nation's Capitol, House Republicans are promising to investigate the Biden family business dealings once the GOP assumes control of Congress come January 3rd. Joe Biden lied to the American people about having any knowledge of Hunter Shady business dealings. Not only did he have knowledge, he was actively engaged. James Comer, the ranking Republican on the House Oversight Committee, also plans to investigate the chaotic exit from Afghanistan and the origins of COVID-19. The White House wants the U.S. Supreme Court to reinstate the president's student loan forgiveness plan. Two federal courts have blocked the bailout, and that's a big problem for Mr. Biden. The loan repayment plans restart on January 1st, and there are millions of Americans who will get billed for a debt that the president has promised would be canceled. Legal analyst Lori Levinson, the Biden administration says the Saudi crown prince should get immunity in the Jamal Khashoggi case. The royal was named in a lawsuit filed by the widow of the Washington Post journalist who was murdered in 2018. U.S. intelligence officials say the crown prince ordered that hit on Khashoggi. The search continues in Idaho for the killer of four college students who were stabbed to death in their apartment. While authorities in Idaho hunt for a mass murderer, a college community remains on edge. It was nerve-wracking to hear them say that we are no longer safe. Autopsies of the four young victims have been completed with hopes of finding DNA evidence of their killer on their bodies. Police revealed they are working with the two surviving roommates who were home during the attack but are not considered suspects. Christina Raffini reporting from Moscow, Idaho. Hundreds of Twitter employees have quit their jobs after they were given an ultimatum by the company's new boss, Elon Musk. Work hard or get laid off. They chose instead to quit. CNET's Ian Shure. The key question that a lot of us are watching for an answer on is whether the number of people who say they want out is so high that he doesn't have enough employees all of a sudden to be able to run the company. Twitter offices are closed until Monday following the mass resignations. Musk gave employees until 5 p.m. yesterday to either commit to long hours of high-intensity work or leave with a three-month severance package. It's the cherry on top of a record-setting season. And the 3-2. Joe deep to left field. This could be it. See ya. He's done it. The Yankees' Aaron Judge, who swatted a league record 62 home runs this year, beat out the Angels' Shohei Otani for AL MVP honors. It's tough to put in words. Nah, man, it's, it's, it's an incredible moment. You know, a lot of hard work. <laughs> throughout the years to get to this point. The Cardinals' Paul Goldschmidt named the National League MVP. We'll have more on that in Sports with Randy. Also ahead, Blizzard Barry's Buffalo, Dems win PA House, and say goodbye to the Indians. Good afternoon across our area this afternoon. Anything from blinding snows to blinding sunshine. Forecast details are coming up in 10 minutes. All right, definitely a case of haves and have-nots out there. Thank you, Kevin. Let's check the stories making news where you live. The weather, the big story in western New York. A travel ban remains in effect for most of Erie County. The north and south towns under a travel advisory. County Executive Mark Polencar says this is the most snow the Queen City has seen in almost a decade. I'd much rather implement a driving ban 
earlier than waiting for the worst-case scenario and then having it too late. Wind-whipped lake snow continues to pile high in the Queen City and elsewhere. Central New York off of Lake Ontario seeing its fair share of lake snow as well. Governor Kathy Hochul. What we're talking about is a, a major, major storm. This is considered an extreme event. Eleven counties remain under a state of emergency. Meteorologist Patrick Hammer says those lake bands will not dissipate until Sunday. That means epic snowfall tallies. And our snow totals are going to be Herculean, I think, 28 to 36, but some spots will get into that 40 plus, and I bet there will be a 50 plus inch range at some point for somebody. My thinking East Aurora will probably be the uh, the winner for the highest snow. Patrick Hammer with WGRZ. Power outage is also problematic as those winds whip to past 35 miles per hour at times. The Buffalo-Niagara International Airport has already canceled about 50 flights today due to the storm. The teenage gunman charged in a racially motivated mass shooting at a Buffalo Tops grocery store will plead guilty next week. In Erie County Court on Monday, Peyton Gendron will admit that he shot and killed 10 black people back on May 14th. Gendron expected to plead guilty to more than two dozen charges, including domestic terrorism. New study shows traffic deaths are rising ahead of the busy holiday travel season in Pennsylvania. Drivers are getting ready to hit the road this holiday season, and whether you're going down the highway or on the road less traveled, accidents happen. But serious ones are happening at an alarming pace. New crash data from PennDOT shows that deadly crashes are on the rise in Pennsylvania, with the number of accidents with serious or deadly injuries at its highest level in 20 years. And it's not just happening in Pennsylvania. It is part of a national trend. As the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration reports, the deaths from car crashes in the first three months of this year hit the highest quarterly total since 2002. They blame the increase on speeding, impaired driving, and other reckless behavior. Officials suggest checking travel conditions, never driving while impaired or tired, and always being on the lookout for other drivers so you can make it to your destination safely. Brian Query, Family Life News. Good advice. Thank you, Brian. The Chemung County Sheriff investigating the deaths of two people found inside a vehicle in the city of Elmira. The discovery made yesterday afternoon in a parking lot at the Cherrywood Manor on Elmira's south side. No further details at this hour. The New York Education Department is requiring schools with Native American mascots to find a replacement by the end of the year. This directive applies to mascots, team names, and logos. This local school official says this is further evidence of cancel culture, and he does not support it. When you're talking about erasing all the imagery and taking away potential learning opportunities and educational opportunities for our kids, when you remove all that, you're removing the history. So the big thing that I would say is it's education. We need to educate, not eradicate. Currently, there are 113 schools and 55 districts in New York that use Indian nicknames. The state Supreme Court says the Education Department has the legal authority to force districts to cancel all references to Native Americans. Schools can only keep their mascot if they receive written permission from a recognized tribe. For the first time in a dozen years, Democrats will control the state house 
House in Harrisburg. They will hold a razor-thin majority in the 2023 legislative session. I think voters are ready for a change. Leanne Kruger chairs the House Democratic Campaign Committee. She is the architect of the big blue upset that put the D's back on top in Harrisburg. I think voters rejected extremism in all its forms last week. The state Senate will remain in Republican hands. President Kim Ward. The Democrats didn't tell the truth the whole election. They took the abortion issue and said they're going to ban abortion. Who's going to ban abortion? None of us are going to ban abortion. We have an abortion control act here and it stays in place. Senator Scott Martin blames redistricting more than anything else for GOP losses last Tuesday. There was a lot of members who were running in districts now after redistricting where 80 percent of that district was brand new to them. I mean, we saw that all over the state. And with the midterms mostly behind them, Pennsylvania politicians are now prioritizing their agenda for next year. Here's Family Life's Terry Diener. When Senate Majority Leader Kim Ward delivered remarks after being unanimously elected as the first woman to serve as the upper chamber's highest ranking member this week, she emphasized working across the aisle to draw up legislation that benefits all Pennsylvanians. Ward said strengthening the economy and helping working families are bipartisan issues. Senate Minority Leader Jay Costa identified addressing climate change, health care affordability, job creation, and protecting abortion access as issues for the Democratic caucus. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Thank you, Terry. Deer season starts tomorrow in New York, and the state DEC is making a concerted effort to ensure hunters follow the rules. Details on that from Family Life's Greg Gillespie. It's called Operation Safe Harvest, and in New York's northern zone, the state DEC has already handed out close to 150 tickets to hunters caught in violation of the state's deer regulations. DEC Commissioner Basil Sago says conservation officers will continue to be out in force as the Southern Zone regular firearm season for deer begins bright and early on Saturday morning. Sago says many of those ECOs are avid hunters themselves and so feel a special responsibility to make sure everyone follows the rules to protect both game and fellow hunters. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. All right, Greg, thank you very much. It's now 14 past the hour. Let's check sports on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, last night in Green Bay, the Tennessee Titans blew into town and knocked out the Packers 27-17. Derrick Henry rushed for 87 yards and a touchdown, and he also threw a touchdown pass. Tennessee moves to 7-3 on the season. The Packers fall to 4-7. Speaking of football, the Bills game against the Browns has changed locations. The two teams will hook up in Detroit due to the snowfall in Buffalo. In Portland, the Nets got a tip in with just under a second to play, and they beat the Trailblazers 109-107. Royce O'Neal followed a Kevin Durant miss that gave him 11s across the board. He finished with 11 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. KD led the way with 35 points. Kings and Clippers also won. On the ice, Sidney Crosby scored twice and handed out two helpers as the Penguins won in Minnesota. 6-4 your final. The Rangers fell in overtime to the Kraken 3-2. The Islanders also lost by a goal, losing to the Wild 5-4. And the Boston Bruins remain the hottest team in hockey with their 10th straight victory at home. They knocked off the Flyers 4-1. Boston now 
15 and 2 on the season. Also skating the winds, Colorado, Columbus, Dallas, Tampa Bay, New Jersey, St. Louis, Vegas, the Jets, and the Red Wings. MVP awards were handed out in Major League Baseball last night, and you know, you break the American League single season home run record, you just might get noticed. Aaron Judge became the first Yankee outfielder to win the MVP since Mickey Mantle. And over in the National League, Paul Goldschmidt picked up the award. That is a look at sports. All right, thank you, Randy. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Still to come on the Noon Report, why marriage matters. The world's largest Christmas tree auction. And Kev's got your weekend weather after this. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. According to Michael Leibowitz in an opinion piece at the New York Times, dating is broken. When Pew Research surveyed those in the dating scene, in fact, 67% of respondents answered that their dating life was not going well to some degree. Though 25% said it was easy to find a date, the rest reported finding it either very or somewhat difficult. And those are just the results among those who are actively trying to date. About half of single Americans, by contrast, have just stopped looking. Meanwhile, the number of single people in the U.S. is now on an all-time high. Nearly one in three U.S. households represent someone living alone. Though many gladly opt for the single life, others feel trapped by social trends that they didn't invent, either caught in a cycle of short-term relationships or starved for options in a world that doesn't seem to share their values. Now, technology is, of course, a major factor behind the significant changes wrought in all our human relationships. After the hookup app Tinder turned 10 years old this year, journalist Kathleen Pearson offered what she called, quote, a moment of collective reflection about how apps have reshaped not just dating culture, but the emotional lives of longtime users. One young woman told Pearson that she's over it all, the swiping, the monotonous, getting to know you conversations, the self-doubts that creep in when matches fizzle. That's leaving aside, of course, the issues of harassment and abuse, something more than 60% of women say they've experienced on a dating site. In her article, Leibowitz points beyond technologies like Tinder to what they represent about our culture's now backwards economy of sex relationships and commitment. Quote, but when you look closely, she says, at how today's norms have taken the handlebars off the bike of romance, you have to wonder if modern daters are really the ones who've gone to extremes. Many of us go on dates seeking the spark of chemistry and tumble into bed or relationships, often without ever determining whether our prospective partners pass the most basic of compatibility tests. It's almost as though we want to get hurt, end quote. And that hurt, in turn, seems to have had a cooling effect on dating altogether. In an ironic turn, sex can now be had in abundance, but love is much harder to find. So what do we do about it all? Leibowitz, drawing on her Orthodox Jewish background, suggests, quote-unquote, going retro. That can mean anything from simply waiting to have sex until marriage to including more parental involvement in the dating process. It'd be a mistake, however, to think that all we need here is a new dating technique to fix what is a much, much deeper catastrophe. Our very best strategies cannot overcome the cultural loss of the purpose of sex and of dating, of the meaning of love, and of the definition of who humans actually are. What, after all, is life for? If the answer is only our own self-actualization, there's no better to strive for or worse to avoid. But if the answer is found in something better, like the goodness of creation and the ultimate purposes of God's kingdom, well, then that gives dating context and purpose, not to mention marriage, work, sex, friendship, procreation, and yes, singleness. 
purpose does not guarantee success in these areas, of course, but it can define a life of faithfulness and meaning, whatever our place is in life and whatever obstacles we end up facing. Like everything else, all of our human relationships have been touched by the fall, but our purpose as human beings, given by God in creation, remains. And Christ's redemptive work stretches as wide as his creation to all of our relationships. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to colsoncenter.org. 20 past the hour, Kevin Williams, weekend weather next. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon into tonight. Heavy lake snow, another foot plus in parts of Erie County, portions of adjacent counties. Elsewhere and otherwise, partly cloudy. There'll be some sunshine this afternoon, some starlight tonight, a few scattered flurries. Highs in the 30s, lows in the 20s. Tomorrow, lake snows shift north of Buffalo. Highs in the 30s. Sun, clouds, flurries, squalls, and blowing snow on Sunday cold. Highs in the 20s and lower 30s. All right, Kevin, working overtime at the Weather Center. Thank you very much. It's Friday, the 18th of November, and you're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. And welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are, as always, Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Hey, marriage matters is where we will begin today. Why marriage is worth fighting for. Jason, a big vote in the U.S. Senate moving the ball forward on the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. A lot of Christians have a problem with the title of that bill. This does for same-sex marriage what Roe did for abortion. Guarantee it in all 50 states. Your reaction to the Senate vote moving on to the House where it'll probably pass and then become law once the president signs. You know, it's a sad day for our nation. Uh, you know, I'm tempted to talk about the religious liberty concerns with this bill, because there are many. But in reality, I'm far more concerned about what it does for marriage and what it means for the fact that we are making marriage about the desires of any two adults, maybe not even only two down the road. Maybe it'll lead to polygamy and polyamory and other things. But ultimately, marriage protects the rights of children, and they're getting thrown off to the side in this issue. Now, this throws out, Michael, the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act, which basically said marriage is the union between one man and one woman in this country. That is no longer your reaction. Well, I agree with Jason about the implications of it, and the religious liberty implications are significant as well. You know, uh, Senator Pat Toomey here in Pennsylvania, our outgoing senator, uh, was uh, a no vote on this, which we appreciate and uh, lobbied him to do that. You know, he said uh, this legislation would enable activists to sue faith-based groups that provide vital services for our communities in an attempt to force them to abandon their deeply held beliefs about marriage. That's the kind of threat that is faced by this legislation. It, it is terrible. It has lasting implications. But again, you know, when you talk about the Defense of Marriage Act, that was passed almost unanimously. It was a very strong vote. And so things do change, and we're hopeful as people engage in, in things that we can see 
a reverse course uh, in America sometime in the future. Yeah, Romney Amendment said that this has built in protections for religious groups. Many people say those protections only extend into houses of worship. Is that true, Jason? Well, you know, they tried the same thing in New York back when we passed a state version of a gay marriage bill, and the same assurance were given that this would protect people and protect all these organizations. It has failed to do so, and I can point to businesses across the state, faith-based, uh, Christian-owned, that are now facing human rights violations for their failure to align with the politically correct position on gay marriage. Yeah, the Reverend Franklin Graham Michael said what this means is that if you hold to a view of marriage that is not in lockstep with what the left decides marriage is, you're a bigot in America now. Why is traditional marriage, this idea that marriage is between one man and one woman, why is that an idea, even in the year 2022, worth fighting for? Well, it's worth fighting for, number one, because it's God's design for marriage and for human flourishing. So that's number one. Number two, it's the best uh, health education and welfare institution ever devised for children. Every child deserves a mom and a dad. And every time a child is born, there is a woman there. Marriage ties the father to that child as well. And that is so vitally important for the well-being of children. Well said. Let's move on. Well, hey, Jason, nine days after the fact, we finally know who will control the U.S. House. How do prolonged results undermine public confidence in the way we do elections and what you think can be done to expedite this process. Yeah, we live in an age where, you know, you watch these uh, TV programs where voting on various singers or actors or things in these programs and millions of people across the U.S. vote and instantly we know the results. And we just can't believe that in this American system today, we cannot have a quicker method for counting our ballots. I think it undermines the system because it causes and leaves room for people to say that there's some monkey business going on when those results don't come quickly. For me, it begins with voter ID. If there is not voter ID in our process, uh, then it's going to continue to be a problem. Michael, the first impeachment trial in almost 30 years is about to get underway in the Pennsylvania Senate. The embattled district attorney of Philadelphia, Larry Krasner, is facing ouster from office. Now, he says this trial undermines the will of the people, those who have elected him to office. What say you? Well, maybe he has a point there because he was reelected despite a terrible first term with crime rates just growing significantly. But nevertheless, I think the rule of law plays into this. Larry Krasner has thumbed his nose at the rule of law and his particular role as a district attorney. He's more like a radical defense attorney in the way that he runs his office. So I think it's appropriate that this impeachment has taken place and it's going to be a two-thirds majority in the Senate. That's going to be hard to get. But if he is impeached and taken out of office, that will be a good thing for the city of Philadelphia. And we'll come back to Philadelphia in just a minute. But Jason, nobody really talks about it. Uh, the impact of marijuana. There's a study out of Ottawa, Canada that said marijuana smoke is just as dangerous as tobacco smoke. But yet here we go full steam ahead in New York. Or are we going full steam ahead? A federal judge in Albany has dealt a big blow to pot dispensaries. Explain this. Well, there's a situation developing here, which uh, this weed market that was supposed to take off hasn't yet. And ultimately now it's tied up in court challenges between various entities that are arguing whether or not they have the rights to have the license here. It hasn't stopped the market from coming here one day. But in the meantime, there's this growing black market now that is causing problems and violence in various cities across the state of New York. Yeah, and we're going to focus on Philadelphia next, Michael. Uh, the drug crisis is so bad there. I couldn't believe this. The government of Mexico has shot a video taken from the streets of Philadelphia in its 
anti-drug campaign marketed towards kids. If you don't want to get hooked on drugs, don't go to Philadelphia was kind of the message there. In Mexico, this also supports the notion that maybe it's time for Larry Krasner to go. The mayor of Philly on another issue, this illegal immigration issue, he was quoted this week as saying, I want to play the soundbite and get your reaction to it. Why it's unchristlike for Texas to bus migrants to Philadelphia. Take a listen to this. This is what I don't understand about people who profess to be Christians uh, and talk about Christian ethics. Um, and you put people on a bus and you send them up for a political stunt. Where did this idea, Michael, come from that to be a good Christian means you must support open borders? Well, it's really rich that the mayor of Philadelphia is invoking this. I mean, it's unbelievable that, he, that he's doing it. Number one, the Biden administration has been putting these uh, illegal immigrants on airplanes and flying them to uh, different states around the country. So Krasner and Mayor Kenny have made Philadelphia a sanctuary city. They think that's a Christian thing to do. But then when the opportunity comes for them to welcome these illegal immigrants in, they thumb their nose at it and say it's a political stunt. Christian values, number one, should uphold the rule of law. Yes, we should be welcoming to immigrants, but that should be done under the rule of law, not just simply open the border and say anybody and all can come. Yeah, well said. i uh, got time for one more question. Uh, Jason, quick like, uh, the New York State gas tax holiday will expire at the end of December. Should that be extended? I, I don't know that it's about the gas tax. I think, frankly, you look at the way we are taxed in New York. It's 17 cents a gallon, but ultimately those roads got to be paid for somehow. How about we lower the entire tax burden here in the state of New York instead? Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, good luck with that. Then finally, Michael, the incoming governor had a press conference this week with the outgoing governor. Josh Shapiro seems to be saying all the right things. You know, I'm not the captain of the red team or the blue team. I'm the captain of Pennsylvania. But what will a Shapiro administration look like? And should Christians be concerned? Well, he is very good at political side of things in terms of uh, presenting himself as just a middle-of-the-road sort of guy. But as a attorney general in Pennsylvania, he has governed from the left. And so I think uh, in terms of his issues on things like suing the little sisters of the poor on the contraceptive mandate, f- focused against the Catholic Church in many ways in terms of his tenure, uh, there are many reasons, and, and very pro-abortion, there are many reasons to be very concerned about a Josh Shapiro administration going forward, in spite of his smooth-talking Yeah, many have said this is Tom Wolf 3.0. Do you agree? Well, it's worse than that because he is a much more skilled politician than Tom Wolf. So he holds to many of the same radical views that Tom Wolf does, but he's a much more skilled politician. The only saving grace about this is that he has designs on the presidency and may be focused on what he's going to do on the national stage, maybe in 2024, and may be leaving. Who knows what uh, what his future will be? All right, we'll see. Hey, we've covered a lot of ground in 10 minutes. It's the fastest 10 minutes in radio or so, we've been told. Uh, but you both have wonderful websites where folks can go. What is the Pennsylvania Family Institute? Why do you exist? Michael Gear, where can folks go and check you out? PAFamily.org. And stay informed on all the issues in New York as well. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. What's your website, Jason? OpenUpdate.com. 
right, thank you, gentlemen. Capital Connection, the name of the program, comes your way Friday. Storing the Noon Report or online at familylife.org. Just click for or look for the news icon and click on the podcast page. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. While most of us heading into the weekend will see fair skies and cold conditions, the focus, of course, the homegrown snow, the lake effect, the squalls that are continuing to bury areas east and northeast of Lake Syria in Ontario. That's our call for this afternoon into tonight. Heavy lake snow, another foot plus in parts of Erie County, portions of adjacent counties. Elsewhere and otherwise, partly cloudy. There'll be some sunshine this afternoon, some starlight tonight, a few scattered flurries. Highs in the 30s, lows in the 20s. Tomorrow, lake snow shift north of Buffalo. Highs in the 30s. Sun, clouds, flurries, squalls, and blowing snow on Sunday cold. Highs in the 20s and lower 30s. All right, thank you very much, Kevin. Finally, new Neil Courtney of Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, has his honey at the ready as he began today auctioning off more than 60,000 Christmas trees. Courtney uses the honey to keep his voice from cracking during the two days of selling trees as what it billed as the world's largest Christmas tree auction. It began this morning at 8 a.m. at the Buffalo Valley Produce in Mifflinburg, and it will continue until all those trees have been sold. All 60,000 buyers come from as far away as Florida and Maine there to Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. And that's the world we live in. Friday, the 18th of November. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you back here Monday. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to The Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.